LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Adkins. And today I'm here with Dan Eiton. Hey, hey. And uh, we are going to tackle... <laughs> We're going to tackle a sticky wicket. I mean, this is like one of the, I don't know. This is probably a more um, conflict oriented, uh, uh, I don't, uh, juicy, I, I dare I say, uh, topic than, than we've tackled so far. So what do we got? Yeah, we're going to talk today about how to lead and work with people that you don't like. Okay, so this is true. You can be a Christian. You can even be a pastor. And there's, there's going to be some people that, um, uh, you have to love everybody, but there's some people that you're just not going to like as much. You're not going to click with, um, it's okay to like some people more than others. Uh, it's not okay to, uh, lead them in a completely different manner or, or, or no, to have that posture that, um, is visible because I can tell you right now, if you don't deal with it, it's, it's going to be a, a visible issue. You may not think it is, but people are going to pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people understand people pick, people pick up when you don't like them. And, and I'm not talking about someone who's downright toxic to your culture. Those people should be, they should be removed. I'm speaking of someone who adds value to your work and team Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about the the person that rubs you the, the wrong way. Again, most of the people listening to this podcast don't have staff in mind. They have uh, some key leader, deacon, elder, so, somebody that they're probably already thinking of as they're listening. But, you know, when push comes to shove, you're the leader um, and, and you're called really to, to lead that person. You're called to help them become who God created them to be to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And mm-hmm. the higher they go in leadership and the higher you go in leadership, um, sometimes it seems easier, but it can be uh, a lot more difficult. You have to make adjustments so that your team can really continue to function at a high level. Because at the end of the day, um, the first thing that you have to issue, you know, identify is the issue here. And it's, it's not their problem. It's your problem. Mm, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, when I think about this issue um, in the past, uh, I've been I've been avoiding that person or, or trying to just work around them. Um, and that's just not helpful. Um, I think the me, the areas where I felt like I got some successes is when I thought about this person of of how do I disciple them? Well, like I don't need to change their personality, but how do I, how do I lead them? How do I get along with them? And a lot of it was just, let me get some time with them and take them out for lunch and get to know them and, um, start to start to figure out, you know, if there is something within them that is a leadership downfall or a trait that we don't like, um, a lot of times it's a discipleship issue and, you know, building the relationship to over time, be able to have that maybe hard conversation about, Hey, this is how you come across to certain people, or you do this action that, you know, just feels bad to the people that you're around. Um, sometimes if I hadn't built that relationship, those conversations don't go well. Well, I mean, you know, the, and, and again, the, the smaller your, um, congregation is the smaller your community is, um, the more expectations that there are probably, uh, that you're going to like and love everybody. 
Um, but you have to be, you know, really careful. The, the, the interesting thing in, you know, the business world, this is not a problem. Uh, there's clear lines in the church world, as we've stated before, life is ministry, ministry is life. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that if the, again, if their work is satisfactory, uh, if their performance as an elder, deacon, volunteer, staff person, if it is satisfactory, then you owe it to yourself and them to take a good hard look about what it is you find, you know, so irritating. It, it, and sometimes it's just something superficial, like mm-hmm. uh, it's their personality or mannerisms. I mean, sometimes there's mannerisms that drive you nuts or you know, the, their modus operandi, you know, how they choose to go about things, um, because you would do it in a different way. Um, but you know, if you don't figure this out, it's only a matter of time before it becomes apparent to the rest of your team. So I like the idea of going to lunch with the person. Um, but another thing I think is, is really helpful is to, um, really learn with the person or, uh, if it's not learning something, it's joining in them in some big project that you normally you might pick somebody else for. But you mm-hmm. know what? This is a, a a difficult project that I am purposefully going to work out with this person. And, you know, it, it gets much harder not to like somebody if you've worked hard side by side to achieve something great. I mean, I, I'd I'd also remind you at taking on a, a particularly difficult um, task together uh, is going to draw you closer maybe to the Lord in the process. You're, it's sure. just going to help you move together. Anytime we work shoulder to shoulder, it helps. And guys know this. I mean, naturally from, you know, whether it's uh, uh, going and doing a habitat project or some service project with the church. Uh, if you're working side by side with somebody, it completely changes your perspective and you have a common goal. Um, you do have to be careful. It is a little risky because, you know, the pressure may also uh, exacerbate the problem. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think it is looking at yourself too. Um, you know, like you said earlier, Todd, of like, what is it about this person that, that irks me or irritates me? Um, you know, sometimes it's a personality thing for them, but sometimes it's just somebody that you typically don't naturally gravitate towards. Um, and so some of that can be worked out, like you said, by doing, doing activity or a project or leading something together with them, you're going to grow to love that person. You know, for me, I always think about the people that I had initially first glance didn't think I would get along with. And then later on, once I've gotten to know that person, how much I actually do appreciate their differences. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's those things that need to be kind of played out over time. Um, so, so if like, I like your suggestion. So if we're, if we're numbering these guys for practical application, first would be get to know them outside of the ministry context, which food Hey, we know that food reduces friction in any relationship. It's been used <laughs> for thousands of years uh, for that purpose. And and so do go out to dinner with them. Do try to, you know, do something with them that's fun outside. Knocking out a big project, that would be uh, number two bullet point. And I'm going to take a moment to cherry pick out learning again. And here's why. I would say learning something from them puts you in a position of 
well, it's, it's a, a humble position. So I'm asking them to, you know, teach me something. I'm asking, I'm taking a genuine interest in them. Um, and I'm going to margin time for them to learn something, to let them teach me something, uh, that they know well. Now that could be a part of their role at the church, whether they're, you know, a volunteer or a leader or staff, um, or that could be something outside. It could be a hobby. It could be, you know, something that they're just really into. And by taking it, that genuine interest in them and margining time for them and submitting yourself to learn from them, I think that's going to do wonders for you and for them. And in the context of, you know, your relationship. Hmm. That's the last, good. Uh, the, the one other thing I would say is, um, going back to the beginning, if they have a quirk, mannerism, habit or whatever that's bothersome, or even if they're, you know, the glass half empty kind of guy, whatever it is, you are going to be tempted to uh, make a joke out of it or make mm -hmm. an inside joke about it. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, oh, it's fine because everybody recognizes this or somebody else may make a joke about it. Uh, and you know, you feel like you have per permission to do it. And I would say, don't do it. And, uh, uh, Dan, you know, a person that, um, you, well, you probably know people that I've had, uh, this kind of issue with, but you also know a person, um, who I have said to, uh, on more than one occasion to, to this person, just because it's funny, doesn't mean you have to say it. <laughs> it's um, true because it's not funny and it will ultimately undermine your leadership with your team. Hmm. It, it, it may be, it, it, it is funny. It may be funny to you uh, and it may be true and it may, um, you know, you may say, Oh Todd, you don't understand. We have a, uh, a an open uh, free flowing policy where we just, you know, dog on each other. Okay. Um, I, you know, Maybe. Um, but in the end, those things, uh, those things tend to stick and they, um, they add up over time. The weight of them adds up over time and yeah. it, it erodes trust. So, um, you know, even though if you have a, a, a team like most that I've been on and it seems like it's no hold, holds barred and everyone and everything is fair game, uh, that's, I would just say you you really need to be wise and discerning about it, even if you push back and say that's the case. Yeah, I do think there is a point, though, you know, Todd, where you do need to potentially have a hard conversation with some of these people. If it's, you know, I, I, from my experience, there's been people that just get really political. They're a great small group leader, but they they are on that line of, you know, saying things that is politically incorrect or just espousing one political view or, um, you know, somebody that is just really harsh with their volunteers at times where, you know, I have grown to kind of dislike that person because of the way that they're leading or the way that they're serving. Um, and I think that's easy to kind of just be irritated at that person or maybe take them out of leadership, but they're actually a good volunteer. They're a good leader, but I think there's times where you need to sit down and have that difficult conversation with them. You know, Absolutely. how would you approach that? Well, I would say, first of all, you need to ask what is, uh, is this my problem? Hmm. Because it may be that it's a cultural problem 
and this is happening uh, more widespread than this one person and or the culture is such that they feel free to do this. That's not a healthy culture. A healthy culture really is, is, you know, culture is shared behavior at the end of the day. And so if your culture is permissive of this and is not, it doesn't feel wrong, um, that's a problem. Now you may say, well, that person has no emotional intelligence and they're not picking up that everybody is now uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, I would say, okay, fine. Then is this a training issue or is this an expectations issue? Meaning, did, was I clear in the expectations of the role that I gave this person or was I ex- clear in the expectations of their behavior in this environment? Because now you're talking about somebody that might not even be serving um, as well. Like, have I been clear about the expectations in this environment? When it comes to leaders, it is, you know, I, I can do that via a lovely one page uh, role description. Um but also I can do that with training because I can talk about why this is important. You know, I can say to all my greeter volunteers, the sermon starts in the parking lot. Okay. Well, um, I'm immediately beginning to communicate what, um, you know, one of our values and I can kind of fill in the blank there, but I also need to bullet point, you know, kind of what those things are and, and back up kind of what I'm saying with some clarity. I can't just assume that everybody knows when I say the sermon starts in the parking lot, what it means. Mm-hmm. I need to back that up with, uh, with bullet points and stories that illustrate that. And the more personal the story uh, is to the church, the better. So I don't want to get too far um, off topic, but I, I, I do think that, that is, uh, that's a practical way to come back in and address that issue. The the last thing I will say is, you know, uh, the best thing that you can do is you've already decided that this person is adding enough value to keep around. Otherwise it's a completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. If it's a performance issue, um, period, or, uh, it's something that can't be overcome. You've got to deal with it. But if, if they're in the category of, um, they're adding value, then you need to focus on how they're adding value. If you can bring it back to um, the church's purpose and mission and vision, then then do so. Um, But really focus on what makes them valuable to the team. If you can do that behind closed doors, just take a few moments and, and, you know, as you've listened to this podcast, if you have somebody in mind, uh, just go ahead and take a step back and think about, hey, if I, you know, if I was giving this person's funeral, I'd have to say some good things about him, right? <laughs> so what are the, some of the good things that I would say, you know, kind of about this person? Let me just take a few moments and write down those good things instead of focusing on some of the bad things. Well, we can do that as a separate list and we could try to address those and we can, you know, decide whether we're going to employ one of these things that we've talked about before, you know, working side by side or learning from them or, you know, getting to know them outside. Like one of those things is great. But what you can do right now when you take down that list is identify those positive things and then go sow some seeds uh, behind their back. Maybe do one or two in front of them. Um, Talk about how you appreciate them, you know, a little bit in front of them and what that is. And it needs to be genuine. It needs to be true uh, or it will be disingenuous. But doing that um, 
will help you uh, see them in a different light. Speaking that will, you know, almost somewhat begin to shift your feelings toward them, begin to um, shift your viewpoint of them. And it will actually hold you accountable uh, in some ways as well. Um, if I'm, you know, going out and one of the first things I'm doing is saying, ah, I can sow some seeds, not of, uh, of, of discord, but of a genuine relationship because that person probably has felt some friction. And when they hear, uh, that you have said something, you know, positive about them again, in front of them, um, but probably more importantly, behind their back, saying positive things about them, then that's going to completely shift their perspective of you. And when you do ask them to lunch or you do ask them to teach you something or you do ask them to tackle that project side by side, they're much more likely to do it. And that's much more likely to have a positive result. That's good. This is this is a tricky, tricky issue, but these are some good, good practical steps. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to the One Ministry Question podcast. If you're finding this helpful, share it with um, five friends and one family member. And that's all I'll say. Uh, if, if, you, if that's not enough for you, you can go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. Uh, but please, uh, if you're finding this helpful, share it with a few friends today. Thanks for listening.